Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's episode. We have a very special guest, and I am so excited to jump in. We cannot wait uh, to chat. This week, we are talking to France Taillard. France is a mom and a certified conscious parenting coach. She has an innate gift at finding unconventional, practical solutions to parenting challenges that arise. She uses her 20 years of experience with children, combined with her unique training as a certified conscious parenting coach, human design facilitator, and inner child healing. She guides and challenges you to raise your parenting standards, challenges everything that takes away your freedom to raise your standards for how your child experiences their childhood and how you reparent yourself while you're parenting your child. You'll soon begin to understand yourself and your child at a really deep, authentic level, live a life that blows your mind and create an environment that both you and your child can thrive in. France is also a number one Amazon best-selling author with her journal Sparkle Time, the host of Motherhood Unshackled podcast, and she's from my hometown, Capiscasing. Welcome, France. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I had to throw the Capiscasing thing in there. There's no way. We didn't even, we actually grew up in very different circles, different age brackets, uh, but of course, Capiscasing in a small Ontario town, uh, we definitely have have mutual connections for sure. So it was a fun little connection that we made there. I agree. It was very surprising, <laughs> but amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Frost, tell us about yourself and how you became a conscious parenting coach. Yeah, honestly, it was just like a bunch of tiny moments that brought me to where I am today. So as Pam mentioned, um, I just always loved kids. Like growing up, I babysat like from the day I was able to and then I basically did it full time I taught swimming lessons I taught um, the swim team or a coach I guess on this local swim team and whatnot and I remember this day like it was yesterday I was 18 and I went to my guidance counselor's office and I said I don't want to go to school like I don't want to apply to these universities and colleges like I just want to be a mom and obviously the advice that I got was like, mm, can't do that. You got to go to school, you know, get a good job, find someone that, you know, get married and then have kids. So from that point, I, it was like, but really looking back now, like that was my intuition speaking to me. Like I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Right. So I kind of put that on the back burner, went to school, found someone, got married, got pregnant and became a mom. And, but I like, even before I was pregnant, even before I was thinking of having kids, I was like in book clubs that were like for parents, like conscious parenting book clubs. And everyone was looking at me like, how old are your kids? I was like, don't have kids. <laughs> but it was just like, it was so fascinating to me. And, um, and then I became a mom my first mother's day. So about three months after be being a mom, my mom bought me a conscious parenting book by Dr. Shafali, who is now my mentor. And it just blew my mind. Everything she said in there just resonated so deeply with me. But, you know, whatever, life happens. And I kind of put it aside. And then I 
two years later about, I got separated. That's when I really needed to pull into all the tools that I had read about and, you know, not really implemented because that's when life got real, real fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of where that went. And then after that, about a year after my separation, um, I had read two of her books at that point and was listening to a ton of podcasts and audios and uh, videos on YouTube. And I saw that she had a coaching certification. It was brand new and I jumped right on and then I became a certified conscious parenting coach. And then it just snowballed into, you know, one evolution after another. That's amazing. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, the path that got you there uh, to hear about your relationship, but it it is, I think that's what we pull from is when something like that happens, we're like, okay, how are we protecting our child? How are we giving them these tools? How are we making sure that they are okay through all of this? Um, and, And it sounds like you have been able to guide her through that. I'm quite sure. Um, and hopefully, yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's funny because this morning I was like on a call with some, some other moms in business. And this thing came to me that like the badass mom, like the super successful mom and the empowered mom, she comes from the challenging times. Right. So yeah, it sucks. (laughs) And it was hard at the time, very hard. But it's also, we can lean into those moments to, to be stronger. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So today's topic of conversation, and this is going to be a good one. I'm very excited about this one is how do we get our children to listen without yelling? That is our topic today that we're going to jump into. And that's my first question. How, from your experience, what does it take to get your child to listen without yelling? yeah so um that was one of the first things so I'll, I'll speak on my experience and then what I guide my clients through but um that was one of my first thing and it was about uh two years ago maybe a little bit more and I was like oh, like I'm so sick of this and it's like the most common thing that I hear from moms all the time like how do I get my kids to stop yelling For me, it comes down to like a number of things, but the most significant ones are self-care and releasing the the old identity because we, our kids do something, they don't listen and we yell, right? That's us yelling is not actually who we are. It's just like a mask that we've put on. It's just like a reaction pattern that we've adopted from most likely our parents, And it's not actually who we are. So we need to be able to release that old identity and then to embody a new one. And when you do all that, we can dive deeper into that, but it's like challenging absolutely everything (laughs) that we think that is true, that we think is like the only way that it needs to be is such a valuable tool to our gift that we can give ourselves. And then just keeping things really simple. Um, I look at, you know, for me, it's like, I grew up in a life where we were talking about this before, like I have, there's four of us, four kids in our family. And my dad, if you know him, his like thing is like, go, 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 and then go big or go home. So we didn't really have a simple life growing up. It was always like busy all the time. And I've kind of pushed all the way back from that. And it's like, my life is so simple. 
um, you know, over scheduling with activities and all those things, they all stand in the way from like, they all, you know, if we want to stop yelling at our kids, we need to take a look like a holistic approach at our life, at our parenting, at everything. Yeah, I I do find when we have so many things scheduled in one weekend or in one short amount of time or one day even, I am definitely more on edge than usual because it's just so overwhelming for us as parents and for the children sometimes when there's so much scheduled. A hundred percent. And like it for us, as for kids, it can be overwhelming, but different. And for us, it just, it pulls us out of the present moment. We're like, okay, we can't be late. We can't have extra time. It's just snuggles. We can't have extra time. Like you can't have a meltdown right now because like we don't yeah. have time for it. Right. And it's just, we're not in the present moment. We're in the future anxiety schedule, all of it. Absolutely. And it's, it makes it easier to yell at them. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Can you break these down individually? Let's start with that self-care. I love how you mentioned that. Not always super, it's not always something that we think about right away. So how does that play a role in getting your children to listen? Yeah, so it's probably the biggest thing and like the first place to start. So there's two ways that you can use self-care to stop yelling at your kids. Uh, One is before a known trigger. So if you're like, maybe you just track, look, you can like actually track it, write it down, right? Every time you yell <laughs> and try to find the patterns there. But even if you just look back, you're like, yeah, every bedtime, uh, whatever they procrastinate, something happens and I end up yelling. Or every time it's time to do homework, they don't want to do it. They fight back and I end up yelling, right? So there's usually like, those are two super common ones for moms, but there's usually two or three things that you're like, yeah, every time this happens, I yell. So that like, once you figure out like, this is my trigger, bedtime is a trigger for me, then I recommend taking a self-care break within the hour before your known trigger. So homework, usually you're going to do it around the same time. Uh, Bedtime, you're usually going to do it around the same time. So it's like, okay, well, I know I'm going to freak out. So like within an hour, maybe they're having dinner, maybe, I don't know, they can be with your partner or their, their dad or whatever, they can occupy themselves. They can do independent play. Just go sit in your room or where, wherever and just don't have your phone with you and just breathe. Just have a five minute nap if you need to do some like vagal breathing, which is simply breathing in your nose and out your mouth. And you want to do a little bit longer exhale. And it just gets to calm your nervous system. It's like, just like, you know, before you know, you're going to flip out, just like fill your cup up a little bit to try Mm -hmm. to prevent it. Right. So there's like doing it before the known trigger, which is super valuable, but then just doing it every day. And, you know, the self-care that really helps um, me anyways, and most of my clients to stop yelling or to stop reacting is usually has to do with breathing, breath work practice or meditation, and then like moving our bodies. Right. So can you commit to doing two minutes of breathing every day, five minutes of breathing, you know, and it doesn't have to start with straight on meditation. It can be like, okay, I'm just going to spend five minutes right now without my phone, without TV, without anything, just sit here and drink my coffee. Five minutes, don't speak, just be right. And that can be a really nice gateway, like habit to start you to breathe more, to, to develop that meditation practice, and then just move your body like, I am in a really good groove right now of 
exercising every day. And I, it's been almost three months now. And I find that when I take rest days, that it's so much easier to get triggered, even though Mm. developing a regular self-care practice, it's the compound effect. It's a cumulative effect. So even if you miss a day, it's not that big a deal and you still feel the benefits. But um, yeah, I just noticed lately, it's like, yeah, even if I take a rest day, then I'm not like I haven't released all the energy that's built up within me and it's easier for me to get triggered so it's like just playing around with it experimenting to see how you can bring this like moving your body and breathing or just being um, as much as possible into your daily life yeah I really like too that you like start small like it doesn't have to be because that's I find when my guys were younger too finding like oh yeah because I'm gonna have 10 minutes or 15 minutes of uninterrupted time that's gonna happen um whereas we're when we're starting small when we're just taking those steps we break it down start with that two minute two minute breathing then the five minute breathing then work your way up but I yeah I love that self-care is such a high a priority because our children aren't causing us to yell we it's us as parents that need to do this work to work on ourselves to be able to help ourselves with not yelling so that when we are being triggered um we can respond how we would like to respond i i do i'm a yeller um i'm try i've i've we've worked on it um i have different i kind of kind of have like a roller coaster where i'm like again probably and obviously attached to how full i am in my own um you know life and what i'm managing uh, but it's always a conscious okay i need to bring this back down how am i doing this bringing it back down because um it, it is it's hard it's easy to fall into older habits even when you are being very conscious of your parenting and their emotional wellness and elisa and i are very big on emotions and allowing all of that stuff and and sometimes yeah you fall into old patterns so you know taking that remembering and just starting small okay it doesn't just because i've fallen off the the wagon doesn't mean it's gone I can start off small again start with that two minutes five minutes work my my way back up again and recognizing the triggers like that's such a big piece to how we parent as well what's what are they doing that's triggering us why is it triggering us so I love that you brought that up um one of the other things that you brought up was releasing an old identity I do I'm like what's chat us through that and what's involved in that but yeah I'm really interested to hear yeah, how that all comes to play as well. Yeah. So out of curiosity, before we dive into that, you said yelling is your go-to. Do you, if you look back or even now, maybe is that one of the styles that your parents did? Like were your parents yellers as well? No. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, so I tend to have like a dee, 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 and then I climax to yelling. Um, it's not Me my too. initial. Me too. My, husband, my partner is a, is a, is a, initial yeller he's worked very hard on that though um over the years especially the older they've gotten because we just you you really you recognize really quickly like if you if they're up here and you match them up here it's not going anywhere so like you know we're gonna share our calm not join their chaos that's kind of my family motto join my share my calm not join your chaos um but um yeah i uh yeah. I, my mom wasn't much of a yeller. You knew if she was upset, like you knew, and she had very clear boundaries. Um, but, uh, no, not much yelling in my house. 
Which is interesting because usually we pick up on the patterns from our parents, but that being said, so there's five, um, like these reactive identities that we pick up from our parents, there's five categories, okay? And within those, there's subcategories. For most moms that I work with, it's like you said, you start off slow and then it builds up, right? So for most moms that I work with, they start off as a fixer. They try to fix things. They try to be the mediator to like make everybody happy because if everybody's not happy, then I can't be happy as a mom, right? So they try to fix things. And then when they don't listen, then it's, <laughs> then they end up yelling. And then, so there, it doesn't just have to be out of those five, like I forget the exact words, but there's the fighter, there's the fixer, there's the freezer, the fawner, and um, one more, but anyways, it doesn't really matter. But usually most parents will have like a pattern. They'll be like, first I try to fix, then I yell, and then I freeze and I escape. And I just like, you know, today there's like this whole new thing of like, because um, before we could, like freeze and like kind of step away from our parenting role and it was usually in the forms of like alcoholism or like addictions and things like that but today it's like the spiritualness right it's like I'm just gonna go and you know listen to this because I can't listen to you guys anymore I'm gonna go meditate or whatever and that's all fine and good meditation all the way but are you doing it from a place of like I need to escape my kids because I can't mm. deal with what's going on or are you doing it from like a place of like I need to like you know it depends where it's coming from but so let's talk more about these masks so releasing an old identity I'm going to give you a few examples today um, but like I kind of mentioned earlier the yelling it's not who you actually are it's something you have picked up it's a mask that you put on but you can also put it off right take it off um and I want to give you two examples of clients that I've had recently this is work that I do with them with clients all the time and we go through like okay what triggered you recently and then how did you react right this is really interesting so one of my clients, she's like, well, I was yelling because whatever, my kids were fighting and it, you know, pissed me off. And um, so I started yelling. I was like, okay. So then we unpacked it a little bit deeper. And she was like, I was yelling because I felt invisible, right? And in order for her to feel visible, well, I mean, if you yell, people are going to turn around and look at you uh -huh. and they're going to see you, right? So, and it, we unpacked a whole lot more, but that was like a key thing. But until we're able to identify, okay, where did I pick this up? Oh yeah, my parents were fighting as a kid and I was right there. They didn't even see me. I felt invisible. So now when I feel invisible, I yell because like that, I know that it's going to work, right? To make myself feel seen. Um, and another client, and this one was so big as well, but she was like, yeah, I yell at my kids like when they're fighting and it just drives me crazy. Like I hate it when my, when my kids argue with each other. And then we unpack this a little bit more. And she was like, honestly, it's because like, I felt like I was a bully to my brother my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. So when I see my kids like fighting with each other, it just like, it triggers me hardcore and I want them to stop immediately because I don't want like my daughter to bully my son. And I was like, wow, this is huge, right? So we do, this is just a mask that we put on, that we picked up. It's not actually who we are. There's usually underlying reasons about it that, you know, until we look, we can't, we don't know what they are. But when we do, it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not really yelling at the kid and kids in front of me right now. I'm just being triggered. And it's like, you know, my inner child that needs some help here. 
Well, funny because as you're saying this, I'm thinking I am the third out of four. Uh, There's a bigger age gap between like one and two are like a year apart. And then there's like six years difference. And then it was me and then my younger brother. Um, And like, so I think my parents probably parented very differently between the first two versus the last two. Um, And then I have a feeling uh, mine comes from from that of having two older siblings that were significantly older and trying to be like, hello, I'm here too. I'm important too. Um, in their lives, uh, yelling probably a lot more there. And my sister was mean to me sometimes. So yeah, to be seen. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And it doesn't necessarily have to come from our parents, just most, yeah. most of the time it does, but anyone that plays a significant part in our life. Um, 100% which is interesting so but yeah interesting. that the whole family dynamic is it, it's, it's an interesting thing. I love it it it, it yeah it lo- I love it the more and and I love that we're learning more and more and more about it how because this wasn't something generations past of like oh so mother you parented me through like this through the depression so this is why I have these and like that that wasn't a thing then whereas now it is. And, and we're going to be able to teach our own children this stuff as well. And we always tell our families, you know, we're, we're aiming for like, we're aiming for good enough. Our children are going to need help. We're still helping ourselves. We're parenting. We're, we're trying to do our very best with the knowledge that we have. Everyone's trying, but they're still going to need help. Like we're still need, going to need help. Everybody's going to need therapy. Everybody should be in therapy. That's kind of my, <laughs> let us all unpack everything um, because there's no such thing as perfect parenting. Uh, and, and, but this stuff is just so, I love it so much just because there's so much that we can do to better ourselves, to learn, to be able to take off those old masks and then now embody a new identity. So jump into that. How do we embody a new identity? This is what I'm super yeah, excited yeah. about now. <laughs> yeah. And, and like a note on what you were just saying there is it's so fascinating because like, that's the point of generations is to surpass the next. Right. So like my mother didn't start meditating till she was in her fifties and I started in my twenties and my daughter like is already exposed to that in her life. And she's six, you know what I mean? So that's the point of it all. And then just a little bit more about releasing that old identity. It comes with repetition. Like, you know, we can't be perfect. We can't be the best parents like ever. That's like, honestly, not like a really realistic goal but really it comes with repetition so like even for myself it was like sitting down every single night and being like okay what triggered me today and how can I release it right and it's because you have to build that new evidence so first it was as simple as taking those self-care breaks right and by doing it for me bedtime was by far my biggest trigger ever (laughs) and it took me a while to release it but by taking the self-care breaks every single night before bedtime and then one day not yelling and then wow you're building evidence right it's like there's no neural pathways in your head in your brain that is like you know you have this path of like every bedtime you yell every bedtime you yell but now we don't want to keep walking down this path anymore we want to create a new one right so it's like that repetition of like it's the little things that we need to do beforehand to prevent us from the yelling right so it's like those changes that are almost like invisible right you know self-care breaks is it's not invisible but how is that going to make me stop yelling? It's, it's not, uh, I mean, it is right. So we need to start by doing those small changes in our environment, not just in our external environment, but also 
in our internal environment, right? And I mean, there's a few things that we can look at to break an identity. One of them is making it unattractive. This is not something I love to talk about because I don't, you know, because it's, um, it's just not pleasant to hear. But we need to sometimes just hear it once to like help us reframe our mindset, right? So to break a habit, what is unattractive about yelling at our kids? Well, one thing that is super unattractive about yelling at our kids is that we're destroying their self-esteem. We do everything to help them build a strong self-esteem, but by yelling at them, we are actually destroying their self-esteem every time we do it, right? And again, I don't love talking about this and I like, I feel this tightness in my chest when I say this because I don't wanna make parents feel bad, but it's a reality. Mm-hmm. And if Absolutely. you desire, yeah, right? And if you desire to break that habit, to release that identity, you need to maybe understand you know, wow, this is really like, I don't want to be responsible for destroying their self-esteem. So I'm going to stop. Right. And you're not using um, it as a guilt of like, oh, I'm destroying their self-esteem. You're using it as that motivation of like, okay, this is going to, we always worry about what are we going to be causing? What kind of long-term damage? That's one of those pieces. Every time I yell, this is what I'm doing. So that is more of a kick in the butt of like, okay, now I'm, now I know, now I'm going to use it. I'm not just going to sit in that like, oh, I'm going to use that as my motivation to make those changes. Yeah. Yeah. So making it unattractive, doing the self-care breaks before or like every day um, to have that compound and uh, cumulative effect on it. And then what I started doing is (laughs) I'm a bit of a nerd. So I actually sat down every night and I asked myself a series of questions. I had like kind of like the five minute journal, right? It was like, I created my own. I was like, hey, what kind of questions do I have to ask myself to one, stop yelling at my daughter, two, to like, you know, have all these intentions of these things that I want to do with her. And I can't seem to put them into action. So what kinds of questions can I ask myself? So I started doing that. And within a few weeks, I was like blown away by the results. So that's how the Sparkle Time Journal actually came to be. And to this day, every day that I'm parenting, so I don't do it every day because I share custody or access to my daughter and uh, she's with her dad some days, but every single day that I'm parenting, after I put her to bed, I sit down on the couch and I reflect on my day, you know, different things like what I'm grateful for and whatnot, but also like, did I react today? And if yes, then why? Am I on top of my self-care? Do I need, what do I need to shift here? And if I didn't, it's like, okay, also why? <laughs> like, what have I been doing well and acknowledging the things that I've been doing well yeah. to make it so that I'm not yelling at her, right? And then a bunch of other questions. But it's like that piece, like having myself, account- making myself accountable to, um, you know, my reactions, my intentions was a huge one. And then the last one is to make it unsatisfying, which again, that's part of, Uh, the sparkle time journal, like having that accountability. But another way to make it unsatisfying is by having an accountability partner, right? So I think that, um, I think most of us were raised in like, you know, this is the parent, this is the child, like the parent is older, wiser, we can't share our struggles with our kids. 
there's a fine, there's a super fine line there. Um, definitely don't use your child as your therapist 150%, but there's nothing wrong with like, you understand what you're doing when you're yelling at your child. It's not attractive to you anymore. You don't want to be ruining their self-esteem. So partner up with them, make them your accountability partner, right? And just tell your child, okay, you know, mom gets pretty crazy sometimes and like, or whatever way you want to say it, right? But like, I get crazy sometimes and I yell and you know what? I hate it and I don't want to do it anymore. So every time I do it, we're going to do something. I want you to pick something that I really don't love doing that you always want me to do, but I don't love doing and I'm going to do it anyways, right? So like make it unsatisfying. So whatever. I don't know what an example can be, but maybe you hate, um, I don't know, taking them to the swimming pool, whatever, just an example. Right. And, and they love going. So just get them to be like, every time mom yells at you, I'm going to take you to the swimming pool or whatever it is. Right. But get them to choose what the, um, what the thing is, right. Get them to pick something that they really love that you're not a fan of doing. So it's kind of a punishment for you. Um, but holds you accountable. And then the other piece that I use for myself to just hold myself accountable is to sit down with my journal because it's not satisfying like to have to like write down, yes, I was triggered today. Yes, I reacted to my child, right? It's not fun to write that down because this journal, my goal is to like, my hope is to give it to her when she's 18 and then she can look at all this, right? So do I want her to see that I reacted and yelled at her every single day? (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) So those are like the key pieces that, you know, you can start doing at home today, right now, and to apply to stop yelling at your child. That's amazing. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I do have to say reflection at the end of the day is something that I do every day, pretty much. There are days that I skip, but that has helped me tremendously because when you're in the motion of that day, sometimes it's, it's, especially if it is a more chaotic day, it's hard to really see in in that moment. But then when I'm reflecting at the end of the day, I can say, okay, like what happened today? What, what exactly went on and why was it so challenging for me? And then it's only then that I can move forward from that because I've recognized what the triggering piece was. Yeah. It's one of the most valuable things to do. It's, uh, yeah, that like, there's a reason why journaling is a thing. Yes, (laughs) there's a reason why it's a thing, because it's super valuable thing to do. If you're looking to, you know, be more intentional, stop yelling, you know, just be a better parent. Um, You need to to observe, you need to have that objective view and doing it at the end of every day is so powerful. Yeah. And we'll be sure to link your uh, journal, your sparkle time journal on Amazon uh, in the uh, show notes below as well. So that uh, in each podcast, in, in the episode, uh, so that everybody can go there and uh, grab it as well. Yeah. And I think I might have to purchase it because <laughs> although I reflect every day, I don't write it down. And I think there mm-hmm. is some great added value to writing it down. Like you mentioned the different prompts of questions as well. Yeah. And it's the different prompts are super, super helpful. And like, I found the ones that work the best. Right. And um, I mean, there's something to be said, like the other day I was like, okay, when was the last time I reacted? And I had to flip and it was like three months through my journal. I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is awesome. Like this feels really, really good. Um, Which is actually in theory six months because, you know, 
I do 50, 50, but Mm. three months of actually parenting. Um, Yeah. Which is really awesome. Yeah. So you get to see your progress as you're going along. That's great. Yeah. And it's a tool that I use even when I, when I, even when I travel or like we have special events or if I go visit my family in Cap or Moonbeam, um, like I bring it with me because it's something that just like a baby book, just like a photo album, like it's something that she can actually, like our kids can look at when they're older and being like, wow, this is what I did in my life. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's for us, but it's also for them as well. Yeah. Amazing. I do have a question about the self-care aspect. Do you have any tips for parents who might be alone in the house with their children when they know they're going to go through a triggering moment and want to be proactive and practice a little of that self-care first? Because it's not always easy to get away from the children for a few minutes. So for me, my self-care is, you know, um, I mean, I have a few different things, but what I find really helps me regulate is to go out for a walk with my dog and just walk them around for even 15 minutes. But that's not always possible to do, right? And so for those, especially with younger children, right now my children are older, so when I need to take a few minutes, I'm able to say, I need to take some time. You know, they'll maybe not respect my time at first, but it's a work in progress. But I can take that now because they're seven and almost 11. For those with younger children or babies, um, do you have any tips there for that self-care? Yeah, I mean, obviously I've been, I was a sole mom for a number of years and now my partner lives with us, but he works shift work. So I'm still solo most of the time. Um, but Daphne, my daughter is six and a half. So it is getting easier, but sometimes if they're triggered too, they're going to fight you on giving you the space. Right. Um, but it's something super valuable to do. So obviously your child's safety comes first. If they're too young and you can't leave them, then don't. But there's what I just ended up doing is just getting a bunch of stuff for home, right? So we have like a mini trampoline, so like a rebounder. And that's a really good one, like jumping, even if you don't have that, jumping up and down, um, doing it. So so you can do it with your kids if they're too young, if they don't want to let you do it, right? Um, Dance parties, like anything. It's like, okay, we're putting a break on this fight. Mom's about to react. Let's put on our favorite song and have a dance party, right? So even though they won't let you do it alone, you can do it with them. Or like, I'm going to put a one minute timer. Let's see how many times you can jump up and down in this one minute. Anything to like move your body in those moments is super valuable. And, um, and then they'll most likely be willing to like, you know, let, do you want to color a little bit? Do you want to play with Legos? What do you want to do? And then you can most likely after you've like, you don't even need to talk about it, but after you've like moved your body, maybe all together um, in some way, shape or form, dancing and jumping are my two favorites, or even going outside barefoot and just walking in the grass, um, super valuable. And then, you know, let them do, you don't need to talk about it to process what happened see if you can occupy them and then you just escape to the washroom or something and then just take a few minutes to yourself to do the breathing and then you can release it which actually kind of brings us to um how do we embody this new identity yeah so i can lean i can lean into that there if you want to um one last thing i'll say about self-care though uh even if you're a solo mom or if your partner's out and you're like maybe just um staying you stay home with your kids 
having what we have is a, we have a morning routine. Every morning we get up, we connect, whatever. When she asks for breakfast, that's when our morning routine starts. I give her breakfast and then she pulls out either Legos, coloring, melted bees, whatever she pulls out to craft with. And she usually has her iPad with her. It's just what she does. And that's my cue. And I go in her bedroom. There's a rocking chair in there that I love to sit on. And I do my meditation. I do my journaling and I do whatever I want to do, right? And, but the thing here is like, our kids also need their alone time. So, so they're filling their own cup up. Like she's filling her cup. I'm filling my cup. And then we come together and we're like, okay, now how can we connect the rest of the day? Right. So, and having that routine of like, okay, every morning after I give you breakfast, mom takes 10 minutes by herself. If you need to, if that's all you can afford. Right. Um, she's a bit older. So now it's, you know, a little bit closer to an hour that I take for myself and she has for herself. Uh, if she comes interrupt me, totally fine right it doesn't need to be perfect I'll just either continue my meditation or restart it or wherever I'm at that day and then I just go from there um, but they get to value that and it actually makes them feel really feel really safe having routines like that yes. any type of routine makes them feel safe so you know establishing that that thing is like okay this is your time this is my time and eventually they're gonna love it and again, it makes them feel safe. Yeah. Um, but so how do we embody that new identity? Okay. So the thing is, I think it was Pam that mentioned earlier that like, okay, what happened? Or I think both of you did at some point, like what happened? I got triggered today. So that's the other big piece too, is that most parents think I need to stop yelling at my kids. Hence, if I quote unquote slip and I yell, I'm a bad mom. Well, no, that's not a thing, right? There's right. three ways. Yeah. And this is a big one because we're holding yes. ourselves back being like, if I yell, I'm a failure, not a thing. There's three ways to break the pattern. You can do it before, during, or after. And no matter where you do it, no matter where you catch yourself, the most important thing is to go do that deconstruction work after and realize, okay, why did I get triggered, right? There's specific um, questions that I ask myself and then I ask my clients, but it's like really understanding what, why it happened, right? So before, if you catch yourself before and you're like, I'm about to react, but you haven't said anything yet, you haven't yelled at all, then that can be a time where you just pause, you go, you know, mom's just gonna go to the washroom or you go do something, right? Um, if it's during and you're like yelling at your kids and you realize you're yelling at your kids, you can just be like, oh my God, mom's acting crazy. Let's go for a bike ride. Let's put on our song. Let's have a dance party. Let's break things up. Okay. And then if you catch it after, like, like that's why it's so valuable to do those evening reflections. Um, it's like, okay, why did I react today? Right. So it's not about like, it's not just if I, if I yell, I'm a terrible mom, not a thing. There's three ways to break the pattern. Obviously, we all want to catch it before, but it's not always a reality. The benefit is to then go do and deconstruct that reaction and why it happened. That's what will actually create the shift, right? And then that's when you start to build evidence. Um, a really powerful thing to do to embody a new identity, which people talk about all the time, but I'm hoping to put a new spin on it, is to fake it till you make it, right? Um, to like, you know, you hear this in business all the time, like be, you know, the 
woman that you want to be like if you were wealthy like what would you do how would you be thinking how would you be feeling what would you be you're spending your money on and go do it but then it's like okay well if I don't have the money now then like and I'm spending the money that I would spend if I had you know whatever then that doesn't work right so but we need to take it back and I heard one of my coaches recently said this to me um, well a few months ago but my current coach I should say said this to me and it's like it's not about uh, you know like if you had all the money in the world, what would you be spending it on and start doing it that now? It's really about like, if you had all the money, what would you be thinking? What would you be doing? And what would you be feeling? And it's the same thing for here. If you weren't yelling at your kids, if you were that intentional parent that you desired to be, like, what would you be doing? What would you be feeling? What would you be like thinking? And it's like, oh, I'd be like, taking care of myself every day, you know, I would be doing the self care, and it can be and whatever, right. So an example that's more concrete with money is like, well, I would be going on this trip with my daughter. Okay, so it's not about booking the ticket right now. But it's maybe about um, opening a bank account and every week putting a dollar in there, right. So you take small actions to start building that identity. Again, um, it, and it's like, okay, well, maybe I would pick the week so that we can do it, right? Or like, I would start to like, just look at what airlines we could fly or what hotel we could stay at. And like the behind the scene, like the first steps that we need to do. It's the same thing with this. Like, if I was like super patient and present and loving with my daughter, how would I be feeling and tapping into that feeling? And then just like journaling on that or speaking it out loud every single day right and it's like oh my god like I feel so good like today I had like the most heart melting connection moments with my daughter and you know at bedtime it was so lovely and I just kissed her and we got to connect and we like just speak the reality you wish you were living and the more that you can like really feel it the better it is right so you can do that different ways through, like I said, journaling or actually speaking it out loud. Um, I like to just walk barefoot, especially in the summer, I walk barefoot in the backyard um, and ground myself and then just speak my reality, you know, into reality, <laughs> whatever I desire to, whatever identity I desire to um, embody next, right? And then um, again, part of it is the self-care. And the deconstructing of like, what's going on, right? Because this is the thing, like, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's those little moments. So each time you meditate, you are present and patient and loving with your child, you embody that identity, right? Each time you write down in your sparkle time journal, you embody the identity of being that patient, loving, present parent. Each time you sit down at the end of the day and deconstruct or like in the moment, deconstruct your reactions or why you're about to yell, right? You embody that identity of being that patient, loving, compassionate parent, right? So it's like little things we have to do. Um, We have to put the work into it. Yeah. Taking those small steps, doing that work on a daily basis to really see those changes and make those changes. And uh, yeah, I love, I love the self-care part of it. And I, I really like what you said about the, 
when you know those triggers are coming, take that time before. And, and like Lisa said, it doesn't always happen that we know when those triggers are going to catch us. But as we're going through it, we're recognizing our triggers. That's as we're reflecting and deconstructing, we're going to be able to then recognize those triggers. And, um, and, and like you said, all those new paths and those habits are going to be created. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that uh, with our families. Um, my last question here is, why do we want time to be our ally? I, time is going by very fast. My oldest is starting grade 12 and that is like blowing my mind. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I feel like grade seven to grade 12 was literally a blink of an eye. Um, so yeah, like how and why do we want time to be um, our ally here? Yeah, so like you just said, our kids are only young once and like the, the, those quotes that people say all the time, like the days are long, but the years are short. You know, it it's just like tapping into what kind of parent do you want to be? But what kind of childhood do you want your child to have? What kind of childhood do you want them to remember? Again, not about being perfect, but this is really crazy. And so the things that I said today, you know, the, the reflecting at the end of the day, whether by yourself or in the sparkle pen journal, the self-care, you know, the like embodying, starting to build the evidence of the little mm -hmm. things that the mom you desire to be, they're all easy to do, but they're also all easy not to do. Right. So if you do, if you're like, okay, I'm going to commit to like, you know, five minutes of meditation every day or, you know, whatever it is, like whatever commitments you're looking at to improve, to get you to stop yelling, stop reacting, or to be that intentional parent you desire to be. If you get 1% better every day, or you continue on with your commitment of little habits, you know, will get you where you want to go. 1% better every day. It doesn't seem like much, but by the end of the year, of the year, not the deer, <laughs> by the end of the year, you're 37 times better. Versus if you don't do anything about it, you're actually not staying still. Like if you're just like, I'm not going to stop yelling at my kids. It's just what it is. It's too hard to do anything else. You're actually not staying the same. You're actually getting slightly worse. So you're going from like baseline, which is like zero to like negative, right? Uh -huh. So it's the same thing for everything. So if it, it doesn't happen overnight, it's the small little things that you need to start doing. And a small little thing like for me it was at first it was simply writing in that journal every night and figuring out why I was yelling why I wasn't being intentional like I wanted to be and over three months it was like oh my god like things have shifted so much right so that one percent better every day accumulates to massive growth massive improvements in your family dynamics over the year right and it's really easy to to see that with our health or with our weight or whatever, right? Like recently over the last three years, I think most people did, <laughs> but yes. I put on a few extra pounds. And, um, you know, since December, I've been like, okay, I need to like stop this. Like I need to shift my eating. I need to shift my, like to start exercising again. And I felt like every time I was doing it after a week or two of being consistent, something would get in the way. But for the last, um, eight weeks or so I've been super consistent and I was getting so frustrated because for the like six weeks I was like okay I've been working out for six weeks why am I not seeing results like the scale is not moving at all like it's not moving at all but yet when I looked in the mirror I felt better I was mm -hmm. sleeping better I looked better I had more energy but the scale was still not moving right so it's like it is happening 
doing the meditation, for example, five minutes every day, writing in a sparkle time journal, five or like taking the time to do it every night. It doesn't seem like much, but you have to let it compound. You have to let it compound because over three months or over a year, then you're like, holy shit. <laughs> like this is insane. The life that I've created from that. Right. It's amazing. 37 times. Wow. I also yeah. find too, you know, sometimes it feels so daunting, but you know, when you walk away from a situation, we, we talk a lot with our families about emotional offloading and allowing our children to have those emotions and staying calm through those emotions. And, and, and one of my things is do it that first time, stay calm through that big upset. And you're going to walk away patting yourself on the back. Like I did it. That felt great. And now you have that feeling that, like you said, we're going to be able to take that feeling and say, okay, this is what I want my parenting to be like. This is what I want to walk away from those challenging moments feeling like, and you know, you do it that one time you get that feeling and it, it makes it that next step easier. It makes that next time you do it, you're like, oh, wait a second. How do I want to walk away from this? And in that reflecting, you're doing that as well. But it's just some, it doesn't have to be a daunting. You can start small, like we've said. Um, and but seeing that change and walking away that first time when you have put those pieces into place and then you don't yell in that situation, it helps give you that kick in the butt as well <laughs> gets you kind of wanting to continue as well so it doesn't have to be waiting and waiting like do it that one time you'll see the difference and it'll motivate you to keep going yeah because you're building evidence and I mean that just reminded me like I guess the whole subtopic of this is teaching our kids emotional regulation yes and we this like it's such a theme right now and everyone teach my kids emotional regulation. I want to teach this to my kid. Okay. Starts do you still with yell us. at your, yes, yes. It starts with us. Like, do you still yell at your kid? Yeah. Okay. But you expect a six-year-old to not to like be perfectly regulated. No, 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 that doesn't happen. Right. Like if you desire to teach your child emotional regulation, this is, this is, this is what you got to do. You got to start with you and they're going to pick up because just like you said, you're building evidence from like that first time of not yelling and just staying there. Um, but then they're also like, huh, mom didn't yell. Mom didn't react. There is a way I, maybe I don't have to react. Maybe I don't have to yell. Right. And the more that they see you regulate your emotion, that's how they're going to learn They They picked up already on your yelling or whatever it is that you react. They're going to pick up on how you regulate that or how you switch it as well. Yeah. I have posters in my home that are for me. I have my children's posters on you know regulated regulation and everything but I have my own as well and my children will look at it and ask me like what is that and you know every once in a while they'll just kind of come back to that poster and and it it just really goes to show how important because I'm a very visual person so I need to have those like reminders around the room but it also helps me when I'm feeling like I might flip my lid soon when I look at that poster I'm like okay you know it it helps me just note what I need to do next so that ideally I don't flip my lid at that moment that I'm feeling triggered yeah it's uh too much of the parenting today is focused on my child fix my child fix my child yeah yeah yeah, no it needs to turn around and be focused on us (laughs) so true I agree. Yeah. Um, 
it is, it's a big piece and it's something that, yeah, it can be a project. Think of it as a project and take it on. And, and like you would with any other project in your life, step day by day, step by step, uh, do the work and you will see the results. It may take a little bit of time, but do the work, get started. Hey, this time next year, you could be 37%. What is it? No, 37 times more likely to be in a better spot right yeah, when you're parenting is that what it was <laughs> yeah with everything in life and it's true and I find like if you can get through the first six weeks but then really like the first three months and that's what I'm noticing and it was like you know even just for exercising for example because this is like my most tangible like recent thing it's like okay well first I was exercising and then you know I wasn't doing much and then I was like maybe I'll cut out sugar after like six weeks and, and um that still didn't really do anything. I was like, maybe I'll just get actual guidance from someone who knows what the hell they're talking about, right? So I had the, I had someone guide me through like a nutrition plan. And then I had someone guide me through a workout plan. And then when I put the two together, it was like, right? So sometimes like I, I said to, I was at a party recently and um, there was this older gentleman there. So my friend's father and he was like, what do you do for work? And I was like, I'm a parenting coach. And he like looked at me and he's like, for sure in his sixties or more, he like looked at me and he was like a parenting coach, like that's a thing. And I was like, yeah, it is. And then he said like, huh, I would have really benefited from that growing up. And it's oh, like, wow. yeah, I was so surprised. And it was like, but yeah, like it's true or not growing up, but like having that when my kids were growing up, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Like we think of it as like a weird thing, but every other area of our life where we try to get better for driving for, you know, in business for weight, for fitness, for health, every other area, we, it's okay. It's normal to get guidance. Mm -hmm. you know, it's also normal well, to get guidance for parenting. Sleep yes. and parenting. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can imagine sometimes the comments that we get as well, same situation where we'll either get like, oh, that's a thing. Or we'll get wow, I really could have used you when my children were younger. Um, and it's just, yeah, like, why do it on your own when you're parenting in the thick of it and yeah. you don't always have those tools to just look around you and say, okay, what's, you know, you, you don't have those tools to move forward. So why not go to somebody who is an expert in this and, ask for that guidance and get that guidance it just makes it so much easier yeah it's like quantum leap right like I yes. could and, I, and I've worked with a sleep consultant before and it's and I mean sleep is part of parenting and I mean that's also part of self-care because um, yes. I never we didn't talk about it but we could have talked about it the whole episode but like yeah when I'm not rested yeah it's way easier to yell so, our, and our kids need to be rested too, because yeah, anyways, I, I'm like a big sleep person and my, right. <laughs> my daughter, I don't let her go to bed late very often. And everyone just like, why not? It's, it's only this. And I'm like, no, it's not only that because then there's this and there's this and there's this yeah. thing. And there's no, like, and no. I'm the one dealing with it the next day. So yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, but yeah, it's, it's just so important. And like, you for example you guys like you study sleep you know exactly what works mm -hmm. so why am I going to try for weeks and weeks and weeks on end to figure this out by myself when I could go to the expert and like just get results way quicker um yeah. than just trying to figure out by myself it's the same thing with any other part of parenting yeah and we know time time is limited they're they're only little 
you know, and this is a project. So get started and, and learn those steps now instead of waiting until they're 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, because I've got a 13 and a 17 year old and girls. And it's it, it's been very trying and it's put all of my tools into place. And um, it's the, the more you can learn when they're younger, the easier it's going to be as they get older. I'm not saying that teenage years are easy by any means, but I have a lot of these tools and it has helped tremendously and my girls have these tools and how I raise them so they have their own set of tools I have a set of tools we're able to for the most part come together and be reasonable through these teenage years at other times I'm just you know not the smartest person in the world because I just don't know anything but <laughs> we have our tools and I'm so thankful that I was able to implement these the tools that we've had when they were younger so our families who are out there if you need that help Franz, uh, we will have everything linked um, in the notes for the podcast they can reach out absolutely you're on Instagram you have a website uh, you have your podcast, Motherhood Unshackled podcast. Be sure to subscribe. And your website, can you um, just uh, fire that off quickly? Again, we'll link it below as well, though. Yeah, it's like a weird link, but the easiest way is probably in the show notes or on Instagram. It's right in my bio on Instagram. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. We will direct our families there. Anything else you'd like to say before we sign off? No, that's all. But I guess actually I would like what you said, like teenage years, whatever. And I, that's the thing, like we fear the teenage years, but like what happens in the teenage years is heavily based on what happened and all the years before that. So like we don't really, the more that you can unshackle yourself really, like, you know, question what is keeping you and your family away from your freedom today. It'll just make every day after that better. Amazing. So true. Thank you so much for joining us. Faust. Both Elisa and I, I think, are walking away. Both of us were nodding our head the whole time she was talking, as I'm sure our listeners were as well. But we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and be sure, uh, listeners, to follow Motherhood Unshackled podcast and visit Faust's, um Instagram as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.